Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with Ingrid Adamo. Ingrid has worked in the advertising business as an art producer at Arnold Worldwide in Boston and currently works as a creative project manager at tech company LogMain. In this interview, I speak to Ingrid about her experience producing ad campaign photo shoots for brands such as Jack Daniels, CenturyLink, and Santander Bank. I also speak to Ingrid about what she looks for when hiring a photographer and also her involvement with the Adhesive and Code Networking Group. I think this is a great interview for photographers that are looking to get into the commercial photography world. I think they'll be able to learn a lot. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and take care. Ingrid Adamo, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for agreeing to do this. I really appreciate you coming coming down. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've been interviewing mostly photographers and uh, artist reps, like I mentioned, and I was really excited to get an art producer's perspective on the photography business because you guys have a whole different side of it. So I definitely. think it'll, it'll be exciting. Um, I think photographers will be excited to listen to kind of your kind of take on things. Um, but I guess just to kind of start out, like, where did you grow up and how do you kind of get into art producing? Did, sure. did you study arts in college or how did that yeah. kind of? So I grew up in Connecticut in Rocky Hill, which is a super small town. Um, I ended up going to BU. Uh, at BU, I started out as a journalism major. I thought that was going to be sort of my path in life. Um, and then I took a couple ad classes. I was in the College of Communications and I ended up really getting interested in advertising and sort of the intersection of creativity with um, business and all of that fun stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's how I sort of ended up in advertising. And then as far as ending up in art buying, um, I had my junior year of college been applying to a bunch of different internships. Um, and at the time, I applied to something at Arnold. And they sort of had like a blanket internship form. Like you did not pick which department you wanted to be in. Okay. You sort of were like, here's my resume and here's what I'm interested in. And then they were like, this is where you fit. Um, <laughs> and they called me and said, you fit in art buying. And I was like, what the F is art Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I had never heard of this before. <laughs> and then obviously, as soon as I researched it, I was like, oh yeah, this is me to a T. Yeah. Um, and so I got the internship and that, that was my first foray into art buying. Nice. Yeah. So, like, when you're going to school for, like, advertising, mm -hmm. um, were you kind of interested in visual arts at, at all at that point? Or? Yeah, on a personal level. Oh. Um, I wasn't, I mean, I took, like, one design course. I think, for me, I'm someone who more um, appreciates aesthetics and appreciates art rather than someone who uh, can create art. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I think art production was such a good fit for me. Yeah, it's cool. This seems like an interesting career path. And the people that get into it, it's like they come from all different backgrounds. Totally. It's, yeah, that's what's kind of yeah. interesting. Every time I talk to like an art producer, I'm like, how do you get into this? Because yeah. it's like... I mean, a lot studied art history, <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so different. Um, so what do you think? Like, you decided to go to school for advertising. What do you think kind of drew you towards that? Like, what kind of was your interest in, I guess, majoring in advertising, you think? Sure. Um, so there was, on the one hand, the really boring, pragmatic, kind of shitty answer, which is yeah, that yeah, yeah. I was studying journalism and everyone around me was saying, journalism is dying and it's yeah. changing and you're never going to make money in that. Yeah. And obviously being super easily influenced college student who wanted to make the most of her education, I was like, well, I should probably do something that I'm yeah. going to get paid <laughs> yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. um, and then also I really, I really enjoyed advertising. I 
the I think maybe it was the courses I took and I was lucky to have some really amazing, amazing professors at BU who I learned a lot from mm-hmm. and I'm still in touch with to this day, which has been great. But um, I it sort of, I don't know, it just struck a chord with me being able to sort of marry left brain, right brain kind of stuff, which mm-hmm. is creativity and creating something that is art, but then still has a commercial purpose. Yeah. It's kind of exciting to see like when you create something, if it works or not exactly. with each client. Cause I mean, I'm sure sometimes you try something and it works, but then other times it doesn't. So For it's sure. kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I guess once you got into, I know you mentioned you got the internship at Arnold. Yeah. Um, how was that experience? What, what were kind of the first things you were doing when you kind of jumped sure. into that role? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a great, great experience. It was my fall semester, my junior year in school. Um, I was doing a lot of stock photography research, um, which it ended up being super valuable because, I mean, at first you're like, oh, this is so dry. Like, I need to look for a royalty-free picture of a beach again. (laughs) Um, But on the other hand, it's kind of interesting because it teaches you all about the rights side of photography, which is something that... Usage. Exactly. Usage and rights and all of that fun stuff. And why is this rights-managed image costing $2,000 when... Mm -hmm this similar royalty free one is this much. And why do the talent need to be released and all that sort of stuff that really served me when I actually became an art producer. Yeah. Um, and then also I was just putting together like shoot binders and all that stuff and sort of living vicariously yeah. through the producers <laughs> who were supervising me. <laughs> yeah. Cause like at that point, had you had like any knowledge about like commercial photography no. or like even photography? So it was all new to you. It was all new to me. I mean, I, of course, was always interested in commercial photography. Mm-hmm. I was like that girl who like loved Vogue and Teen Vogue and would clip photos and make collages <laughs> and be like, this is beautiful. Yeah. But I never understood the magnitude of work that went into creating sort of that one image that I was just like, wow, this is pretty. But that's there's a team of people and a lot of money in that image. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So what, what kind of, I guess, so you were worked at Arnold and then I think I saw on your website you interned at Boston Magazine too. Yeah, so I had a few really great, really valuable internships while I was at college. Uh, so my first internship ever, which was super lucky, was the Arnold internship. Mm. And then um, the summer before my senior year, I had two internships at the same time. So one of them was at Boston Magazine. Yep. Um, I was in the digital editorial department and the other was at Toth & Co., which is a small uh, sort of like lifestyle branding ad agency that's in the South End. Yeah. Um, so I was splitting my week between those two places. And Boston Magazine, it was, it was an awesome experience. They actually happened to be moving, like, well, not moving. They were redoing some construction or something. And yeah. I was never in the office the oh, wow. entire summer. I think I was there two <laughs> weeks total, like <laughs> the bookends of the summer. So I was working remotely, which was kind of interesting that's as an funny. intern. Yeah. But it was a great experience. Um, It was super cool. I got to do some writing. Um, If you're from Boston, you're obviously familiar with Best of Boston, Mm -hmm. and that comes out in the summer. So uh, I worked a lot on, I think it was the 40th anniversary of Best of Boston. So we took, as a group of interns, all of the past 40 years of entries of Best of Boston, and we digitized it all. So that was the bulk of my summer that year. but it was really cool to get an up close and personal glimpse into sort of the editorial world and that other side of things. Yeah, it's definitely different, but I'm sure there's kind of some similarities. With definitely. It. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I guess once you got done with school, what was kind of your first step? Like what was the first kind of job in advertising yeah. you got? So uh, that summer I had also, I mentioned internet, Toth & Co. And okay. then um, 
I didn't have very many many credits left to graduate, so I was lucky enough to be a part-time student uh, the fall semester of my senior year, and during the day, a couple days of the week, I stayed on at Toth & Co. and was basically an account coordinator. I was like a glorified intern still, oh, yeah. but I was getting paid, which was hey, pretty sweet. Door, door. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and then... Um, when I was about to graduate, so I was graduating early and all my friends were still going to be at school another semester. And I was like, I don't want to move home. I want a job. I want to stay in the city. (laughs) Um, So I ended up being lucky enough to get an offer from Toth & Co. Okay. To stay on full time and be an account coordinator. So I was there for, I think, six months after that. And then I had loved my experience as an art producer. I knew that was like my holy grail of what I wanted to get back into at that point in time. And two junior art producer positions opened up at Arnold. Um, I got tipped off by someone who is still there. They're like, apply. I did. I got it. And then I ended up, um, the other junior art producer that hired is one of my best friends in the world now. And we started within a couple weeks of each other. And it was... That's exciting. That's how I ended up there. So what's what's the difference between like the uh, you said you're like account manager kind of or like account yeah. Like, so what's the difference between that and like a uh, art producer? Huge yeah. difference. Yeah, okay. So um, the account coordinator or anyone on the account team is really the person who's in direct contact with the client day in day out and is managing the client, yeah. uh, managing their expectations, funneling. Um, updates on work and projects from project management and production teams through to the client okay. and all of that fun stuff. Um, you're definitely less, I mean, some people might disagree with me. I think you're much less in touch with the actual creative work. Okay. Um, I mean, you're still a part of it, of course, yeah. but it's very different. That's cool. So once you got your uh, full-time job at Arnold, um, what was kind of the first things you were working on there? Yeah. So I started out sort of just soaking up like a sponge, anything from, um, my bosses, obviously, and shadowing them on some of their shoots and helping them out, um, with some of the less fun admin details of being a producer and cutting POs and inputting estimates into financial systems and doing all of that fun stuff. Um, and then my first couple of shoots were, um, local shoots here in Boston, some smaller scale stuff in studio. Uh, Arnold actually has a studio in-house called Studio 6. So I managed a couple of shoots that were in-house at uh, Arnold and then was able to branch out and not only do studio stuff, but start doing some more lifestyle work and just build from there. That's pretty cool. It seems like this kind of threw you into it, like this kind of like you started producing stuff once you got in there. Totally. I mean, I had a lot of help from my bosses and yeah. and a lot of oversight. But then once I reached a point where I was able to be autonomous, I, it was great to be able to manage my own yeah. sheets. How would you explain like what what like what does an art producer do? Because like from my point of view, <laughs> like I've worked with art producers, and in my mind, like oh yeah, they just like call me every once in a while. I'm like on a job, but I, I know there's like way more to it. Yeah, but, like, totally. What, yeah. What are, like explain like what an art producer sure. does, and like what yeah. a typical day, or if there even is a typical yeah. day. I mean, there's definitely not a typical yeah, yeah, day. Exactly. Um, So basically, most of what an art producer does is produce uh, still photo shoots um, and then also license stock photography, as I mentioned, and then really produce any project that is sort of like an art based initiative. Um, I did a lot of projects that were CGI or working with illustrators and lettering artists and all of that sort of stuff that's a little more unconventional. Mm. Um, But then a lot it's a lot of shoot production. So. Um, sort of spanning the lifespan of a project. It's um, as, you know, the art director is concepting, being cognizant of budget and letting them know, like, we should or shouldn't present this based on whether or not it's doable with the money we've been given. And then, of course, um, once 
the concept has been approved, sort of taking a look at that and then thinking about the Rolodex you have both mentally and out there in the world of photographers and their style and like matching good fits Mm -hmm. to the work. And then it's, of course, estimating, which is my least favorite part, (laughs) and negotiating and all of that fun stuff. (laughs) And then uh, getting into pre-production and prep and shooting and being on set. And then um, most of the time it's managing the post-production process as well. Um, But depending on what agency you're at and project to project, there are print producers who sometimes pick up all of the retouching and manage that process. Okay, so when you say manage the post-production, you're kind of like, once the shoot's done, you're kind of the middleman between, like, I guess, photographer, retoucher, and making sure, like, the final print piece is kind of what the client wants, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of relaying those messages. Exactly. To, okay, yep. cool. And then I know you mentioned with stock photography, um, how much stock were you guys using, I guess, at Arnold, and what jobs kind of made you guys go towards stock photography? Mm-hmm. What kind of, when you're, sure. yeah. It totally differs project to project, and it's usually contingent on budget and timing. Okay. So if it's something where the client needs something turned around in two days because it's culturally relevant in this moment of time or whatever it may be, then sometimes we might turn to stock. Uh, And if it's just a one-off and it doesn't make sense to shoot one photo as an original and we can find it, then we'll use stock for larger scale things or things that um, the concept itself is original and it's not something that can be found, we would shoot. And I mean, it's obviously always the recommendation of an art producer and an art director to shoot original work. Okay. Stock is usually not preferred. <laughs> yeah. Where were you guys finding your stock? Was there like, was it like yeah. Getty or? Well, I mean, Getty bought up everything. Yeah, I know. It's so, funny, yeah. <laughs> so it would usually be Getty. I mean, it was Corbis for a while, and then they bought Corbis. Um, we also started using some different uh, services like Image Brief, which is basically where you, su- and there's a, a bunch, like I think Gallery Stock has something similar, where you submit a brief for what you're looking for, you tell them the rights that you're looking for and your budget. They submit it to some sort of a network of photographers in cyberspace and then yeah. people yeah, yeah, yeah. send back photos. It's kind of risky. Yeah. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, but we would use some of those services as well from time to time when okay. it made sense. I've even had art buyers reach out to me like, hey, do you have a photo of like this? Oh, yeah, that yeah. too. Is that something you guys would do a lot? For sure. I mean, in certain situations when like the photo that we wanted already existed and we knew who shot it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We would reach out and try to license it. Yeah, especially I'm sure if you know someone like this guy shoots fitness or whatever. Be like, oh, he probably has this like a Rolodex of like so many photos so you can just hit him up. For sure. Um, But I guess like did it it take you a while to kind of get comfortable working in that like producer position once you kind of got into Arnold? Is kind of getting comfortable producing projects and stuff? It kind of take a little while. Yeah. uh, Yes and no. I think... For me, I think it, it's a the job is a good fit for my personality. So there were parts of it that sort of just came naturally to me. Um, I think, I mean, as with any new job, you have to build up the confidence, yeah. especially when it's your opinion and your like artistic and aesthetic taste that's on the line too. Like you're recommending a photographer to shoot some super expensive job for the client. You need to be confident. So that's sort of the part of it where I had to build myself and just like own it and know like I know this person's work I know that they'd be a good fit for the job and this is why I'm putting them forward kind of thing do the art directors a lot of time kind of have their they want this photographer a lot of times or or is it really up to the producer be like no you should use this guy totally depends it also depends on your relationship with the art director which is a really big part of the job that I didn't realize initially is like relationship building like if you prove to your art directors that you will pick good people who are trying to 
and true, who mm. will execute on their vision successfully, then they're going to trust you when you come to them with a recommendation. So it totally, totally depends. But yeah, there's some art directors who definitely just just like love some photographer yeah, and want yeah. to get to they hang work out with, with them. them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then I guess like, um, how are we're obviously photographers are reaching out to you a lot? Oh yeah, like every day. Like it's this nonstop like direct mail, email. I'm sure a ton. Um, how do you kind of deal with that? And like, what photographers kind of stick out to you when like it's a new photographer reaching out to yeah. you? Yeah, sure. So definitely would get a lot of printed pieces, okay. then a lot of email promos, not so much phone calls. And then, to be honest. I would like never answer my desk phone. <laughs> I only ever answer my cell phone yeah, in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, and even then, it, like if I don't know the number, I'm not going to pick up. So phone calls are like a no-go. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as printed pieces go, for me personally, anything that has more of like a tactile element to it that makes it stand out, like how, what are you printing on? Does it feel cool? Does it look cool? And then also the strength of the images themselves. Like it has to be something that's really going to jump out at me. Like if it's the same lay down shot yeah. that I've seen in like five other people's yeah, exactly. book, I'm probably going to look at it and it'll sit on my desk for a couple of days, but it might end up in recycling as horrible as that sounds to say. Yeah. We couldn't keep everything that we got. Otherwise we'd be drowning in promo pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I, I can only imagine this must be like so much stuff. Um, but I guess like for you guys, cause you guys are an advertising agency. Do you want to see the photographers like personal work or do you really just want to see work that's like, this could work for Carnival Cruise Line or Jack mm -hmm, Daniels, mm -hmm. or do you kind of want to see both or how does that kind of? Uh, definitely a mix of both for sure. And I also think a lot of times it's people's personal work that really draws you to them um, because usually it's what they're passionate about, not just what they're being paid for. And that shows to me in the photography. Mm. Um, and oftentimes it would be something that I would see in their personal work that would drive me to recommend them okay. for something. So you guys would uh, take chances on new photographers or, or is it kind of you guys had your yeah. core group of people you kind of kept going back to or... Um, so, I mean, there on certain accounts, there are definitely a couple core photographers that we'd go back to, especially locally. Okay. Um, obviously, as everyone knows, Boston is both a big city and a small town. Yep. And um, there are definitely some tried and true people that I would go back to on certain accounts. Um, budget willing if we couldn't travel. And I know, for example, Bruce Peterson, we would use on Jack Daniels a lot. Yeah. Um, but we definitely took chances on new photographers um, very often. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, how did you kind of prefer photographers to contact you? Like, email, direct mail? Yeah. Or did you have a kind of a way you kind of preferred? Um, as far as what I'd prefer, email and direct mail are both fine. Um, I would say the best way to make a long-standing impression on an art producer is to somehow finagle your way into a portfolio review. Okay. Um, and come physically into the office. Um we had a lot of portfolio reviews all the time. Yep. Um, and I mean, even though we're super busy, it's like a nice little break in an art producer's day to be able to do what they love, which is just sit down and look at pretty pictures. Yeah, yeah, you um, talk to people <laughs> instead of sitting in front of a computer. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, and it puts a face to a name. You get to hear the stories behind the photos themselves, which are really what stick with you. Yeah. And... I feel like I've hired multiple people off of portfolio reviews because a couple days later something comes up and their work is fresh in my mind. Yeah. And you know that it's really a personality thing. Like yeah. you could have the greatest work in the world, but if you're a jerk, like no one wants to work these like So true. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely goes a long way. I feel like almost every job I've ever gotten it's just through 
someone I've actually met in real life. Yeah. So it's like, so, yeah, meeting those people in person is, uh, is important. Um, in terms of like portfolios and stuff, do you think it's still important for photographers to have a printed portfolio or were photographers when they came in were a lot using iPad at this mm-hmm. point? Or uh, For me personally, I think it's super important to have a printed portfolio. I think it's really underwhelming when someone comes in and is flipping through an iPad and in the back of my mind, I'm like, if I wanted to view your work this way, I would have just gone to your website. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, to me, there's still something to be said for like a really beautiful printed book. I think the photographers edit and their choice of pictures because they're limited to the size of the book, whatever they're choosing to include in there is a strong representation of what they think is their best work. And that's really important. Mm. And I'm still like a print person. I just like being able to hold yeah, a page yeah. in my hand. Yeah, definitely. You guys are making print work. So you might as well yeah. see it and hold on to it. So, yeah. Yeah. That is important. Um, was there like a, when you're looking at photographers portfolios, was there like any stuff that like, do you just want to see like one cohesive body of work or do you want to see multiple things they do? Or is there like a preference for when you're looking at a photographer's work, you think? Uh, Yeah. I think it sort of also depends on how the photographer wants to market themselves. Mm. Um, Like if you want to get more fitness work, then show your strong fitness work. Mm. Um, But for me, I think the breadth of what you can do as a shooter with an emphasis on whatever you're strongest in. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then one thing I was going to ask you about is this like uh, being that you guys work with so many different photographers. Do you have a preference to working with a photographer that has a rep or does that even matter? What do you guys think about that? I kind of think it depends on the shoot. Um, Like if it's a super large scale shoot, huge budget, massive library that needs to be shot and we want to be in another city, then yeah, I definitely want someone with a rep because I do think there's a certain level of polish that comes with having a rep at times. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, I mean, generally speaking, I I don't think it makes a huge difference if you are sort of able to manage the estimating process yourself and okay. have a producer that you work with and yeah. it's fine. And then I guess in terms of like the estimating process, cause it is an important process, especially for the amount of money you guys put into these big shoots that you do. Are there like any red flags, like when photographers are estimating or things that like, as our producers are kind of like annoying that photographers do, like how, how can <laughs> photographers make it easy on you yeah. guys? Uh, one thing that I personally always, found super annoying and i'm sure other producers would agree (laughs) is um when you completely exceed the budget by tens of thousands of dollars with no red flag as to the fact that you're going to be exceeding the budget so i think i mean nine times out of ten going into a shoot you have a budget or you have a general idea of what the client is willing to pay for something um and if you can't meet that budget that's fine just tell me so i'm not wasting my time or then tell me okay I can't make this budget but here's what we can concede creatively because the estimates at the end of the day production estimates are a puzzle like yeah. it's just rejiggering things and moving things around and figuring out what you can cut to make something that's more important work so like happy to work with you but yeah, don't yeah. just like blow me out <laughs> over the water yeah, with exa- no warning exactly. especially when I mean half the time like crazy tight turnarounds to get estimates to clients and then you're left with like a day to find a replacement or have to completely negotiate them down which is not fun for anyone involved yeah so do you do you guys when you can do you try to be up front and be like hey this is kind of where the ballpark we're trying to be in always okay yeah because like i've had it sometimes i mean it happens where you don't really know so you're always just like photographers you're like yeah i don't know where i'm supposed to be like (laughs) i go over or under yeah (laughs) and then i think the problem with that too is like on the other side of that i feel like 
I've seen some photographers who totally undersell themselves. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this isn't what a client would want to hear, but in a couple instances, I've told people to bump their fees up because like there's two sides to that. It's like on one thing is like it, it sort of like cheapens the industry standard when people yeah. are undercutting themselves. Yeah. And then the other thing is that it also cheapens you to the client. If other people in the mix are charging $10,000 more per day yeah, than you, yeah. then is this person any good? Yeah. I mean, it's a perception thing yeah, too. Yeah, I've definitely made those mistakes when I first started because like as a photographer, you're trying to break in because it's so competitive and you're yeah. like just wanting to endorse. You're like, you know, maybe I'll just like <laughs> cut them a break. But like, no, these are like giant Fortune 500 yeah. companies. They have money. So exactly. It's like, but yeah, I think those things just take time. But yeah, it's one of those things photographers definitely stress on. Oh, yeah. Um, and I guess, like, uh, who were, like, some of the first photographers you got to collaborate with when you were working at Arnold? Yeah. Some of the first photographers I worked with were definitely local. So I worked with Bruce Peterson a lot, as I oh, mentioned. Um, okay. Heather McGrath. Okay, she's great. She's awesome. Uh, Dave Bradley I worked with. Um, and then pulling out from there, I worked primarily on Jack Daniels and CenturyLink. So for Jack, I got to work with um, Mark Leda, who's really awesome. I think he's repped by Heather Elder. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I worked with uh, Josh Black Wilkins, who is actually uh, a photographer in Nashville who does primarily like music portraiture and more grungy stuff. Okay. And he sort of just like <laughs> through people knowing him and liking him, we ended up shooting with him yeah. a lot. Um, for Santander, I shot with Juco Photo, who okay. is a team. Yeah. Um, Julia and Cody, they're super awesome. I shot with Floto and Warner. Ooh. Um, yeah, so like a really yeah, big a mix of people. Of people. <laughs> yeah, how often were you guys shooting at Arnold? Is it like every month you guys are shooting stuff? Or? Oh, what? definitely. I mean, there were periods of time where I was so busy. I was definitely shooting every week, if not sometimes a couple small shoots per week. So, um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a lot. And then I guess the photographers you work with, was there like any like uh, things that you kind of enjoyed about working with photographers in particular being like, how they ran the set or how they just conducted themselves like in a business manner. Yeah. Were there like any things that you kind of like, oh, I really appreciate what that photographer did? Sure. I mean, everyone knows that shoots can be incredibly tense and stressful. Mm -hmm. um, like for sure, especially when there's a client on set and you're trying to put a happy face on. And I mean, I, to me, I really dislike when photographers don't have a poker face when they need one <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah, yeah like yeah. like we're all stressed out and sometimes I feel like things people and I get it um I feel like for me having good client face is always an added bonus it's not necessary yeah, you, it but be, like it can't, be, it can't be a party all the time like, no <laughs> yeah, like, it's a balance exactly being able to be super positive when uh things might be going south is something that i personally really value and just like keeping an upbeat set being positive being excited mm -hmm. to be there enthusiastic making people feel like you want to be doing the work is yeah. always nice yeah yeah definitely and then one thing i was curious about um how do jobs kind of pop up within the agency? Is a lot of it just like planned out far in advance or is it this kind of stuff is just kind of happening fast yeah. or how does, how do they kind of pop up? Like? Mostly happening fast. Um, I think like in an ideal world, everything would be sort of planned out, but there are situations where the client like either suddenly comes into a marketing budget and wants to spend it on photography and mm -hmm. 
you may not even have had a real need for it, but suddenly they're like, well, let's just shoot, <laughs> just to shoot, oh, to yeah. spend this money. Hey, sounds like a good client to me. <laughs> yeah, but then sometimes that happens and they're like, but we have to use it in this quarter. And by the way, the quarter ends in two weeks. And yeah. you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. Like, I've had so many times and I'm so glad to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Because like... I, I don't know what goes on internally. So yeah. it's like I've so many times I've had like someone contact me from an agency and they're like, oh, we have this job and this is how much money we have mm-hmm. and this is what we want to do. I'm like, okay, great. Do the estimate. And then like, okay, we're going to start shooting this time. And then it switches like 10 times. Yeah. Like, actually, no, now we're, all, now we're shooting in Chicago instead of Detroit and this. And yes. like, <laughs> what's happening internally that like stuff, because I'm. It, it seems like a common thing where everything's just like constantly like yeah. changing. Like, does it, is that kind of common? It's just, like, Very common. And I think it's just like there are so many players involved when it comes to a shoot. It's like you have the producer who's doing their best to make the best recommendation for the creative and then also for the budget and whatever other factors but then you also have the client who like has their opinion on things and it is technically the client's money so at the end of the day you have to accommodate what their feedback or requests are and then there's the creatives who are like no i want to shoot in la because i need palm trees in this shot (laughs) yeah it's almost like i I would imagine like a lot i would imagine part of your job is almost like coaching the client because like a lot of times i would imagine they're not creative people so you kind of have to like manage your expectations and is it kind of a lot of that like yeah. the client a lot of that gets funneled through the account team which okay. is great since i mean uh producers can be directly client facing usually that happens on calls but then you would have you know the account person there as a buffer and on set it's the same thing so okay. that's that was my first job at a yeah, yeah that's kind of that's almost smart you did the first thing and they kind of let the art you, you kind not of, intentional you, but, yeah. but you know both sides so you kind of it's two perspectives yeah um yeah, but that's interesting, yeah, because I've always just been like, what the hell is going on over there? Like, it's just like, Chaos. Yeah, it's, it's what it sounds that's like. That's what's going on. I finally learned, like, okay, whatever. Like, uh, well, yeah, that's funny. Um, but I guess your experience, are there any, like, sh- shoots or projects that you've worked on that have been, like, most memorable that yeah. so far that you've worked on? Sure. Um, I would say, by far, the most memorable shoot I ever worked on was called Couch Chameleons, and it was with Randall Ford. Uh, he's rep by Marion Campbell. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's the best. He's based in Austin, Texas. Um, it was for CenturyLink. It was for Prison TV, which is um, one of their products, and it was for social. Um, the... Concept itself was definitely more of like a glossy print, mm-hmm. um, really elevated creative concept. And we really needed to partner with someone who got that. On the other hand, the budget was so small. It was pennies compared to what it should have been for the work. Yeah. Um, and in retrospect, sometimes I think I like I should have pushed back and like really tried to get more money and I did in every way possible, but you can only do so much yeah. and you want to keep the dream alive and make the work. And Randall was just such a great partner in that. He was like super involved in every piece of the process and the work went on to win a few awards and it's just like beautiful stuff. It's really fun. Yeah. His work is amazing. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think was he based in Texas? I think? Yeah. He's in Austin. Yeah. Yep. Th- yeah. That's really cool. And I saw you, you did a bunch of cool stuff with Jack Daniels. Yeah. I got to work on an account. It, it's, did you get to go down to Lynchburg? I've been to Lynchburg a bunch. It's such a yeah. wild place down it's there. It's crazy. It, it's like a photographer. It's so it's a photographer's dream because yeah. it's this like this the characters that that work down there and this like the whole atmosphere of it this like that's kind of my, some of my favorite work that Arnold's yeah. done it's just so like uh 
classic. It's really fun. Yeah, I got to actually. So, another thing about art production and the way that it's moving is it's moving towards integration. Mm-hmm. So, most art producers are expected to at least have some sort of knowledge of video at this point in time. And so, towards the end of my time in Arnold, I. Um, was working with an executive producer whose focus was in broadcast and a project came up for Jack, um, Gentleman Jack TV spot that needed to be shot. And we also were going to get some portraiture out of that and uh, a whole bunch of assets. So I got to go down to Lynchburg for that. And that was my first TV shoot. And we worked with Malcolm Benville on that. And he shot portraits and that was some really fun work to work on in Lynchburg. Do you find that's like common now? Like do you guys prefer working with a photographer that also does directing or is it kind of a mix of both? It's totally a mix of both. I think some it depends on what's leading. Okay. So um whether that comes down to having the bigger budget or which creative was concepted first, like oftentimes there'll be a big TV shoot and it will have been in motion for a while. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly some art director or the client has the bright idea, oh, we should probably shoot stills on set, yep. which comes up all the time. Yep. Um, and then we would get looped in sometimes at the 11th hour, sometimes not. And either somebody in the crew already can shoot stuff yep. or we find someone who's good and can bring in. I know that Arnold uses Misha Gravenor a lot for those types of shoots because okay. he's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I've done a lot of that type of work. It, yeah, it's so it's like the best jobs because it's yeah. like it, it's less it's not less pressure, but it's this uh, you're basically behind the scenes and you're just shooting this stuff and you just kind of jump in when you can to get yeah. the photos and stuff. It's just an interesting way of working. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then one thing I guess, um, what advice would you give to photographers that are looking to trying to get into the advertising world? Because like like you mentioned, you get so much incoming traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you kind of give them to kind of get in the door? Totally. Um, I would say try, try, try to get a portfolio review. Mm-hmm. If you have a rep and they have a relationship with the agency, then get it through them. Um, if not, if you have any sort of in to the agency, I think like that's the most valuable way to get ad work, in yep. my opinion, is to meet with people and make your face known yeah definitely and then i know so you were how how long were you at arnold for a little over three years okay yep. cool and then i think you've been well, gone there for about a year now or i've been gone since october october yep. okay so pretty new yeah um so what are you up to now um, yeah i think i saw on your website you're doing some like freelance writing and yeah the- so well i'm actually freelance creative project manager right okay, now, okay. which is um very similar to production in a lot of ways but also not so i'm in-house which is interesting. Uh, I am the client essentially now. Okay. Um, so it's it's basically production. Um, working with in-house creative team at Logman, which is a tech company in the Seaport. Okay. Um, my contract will be up in April, so I'm going to be picking up some more production stuff. I've been doing some freelance photo consulting for some photographers on the side, which has been really fun. Um, what do you mean by yeah. that? Like that's photo- so um, working with a photographer to help develop their photo book, okay. um, tweak their website, talk about stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, it seems interesting. How has that experience, uh, the freelance, it seems like uh, a lot of art producers are kind of going that way, like the freelance route. Yeah. Is that kind of like a common thing with agencies now, you think? Um, yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of nice to be a free agent in one respect because you can, I mean, working at an agency, obviously you can work on multiple clients, but it's nice because you can really work on multiple clients uh, and get a lot of variety if you're freelance. And yeah, I mean, I think the freelance pool just continues to expand. That's cool. So the job you kind of have now, are you still working with like photographers or is it more like... Not as much. Okay. Yeah. Which is why it's been nice to have 
other stuff on the side extracurricular that has helped me maintain that yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool yeah um i guess like looking back at your time at arnold what do you think's like the most valuable things you kind of learned through that experience totally um i think the most valuable stuff that i've learned is overall just how to navigate professionally okay. um growing in my career gaining confidence mm-hmm. learning how to work with other people yeah. um meeting people that are some of the best friends I'll ever have, like all of that sort of stuff, building relationships. Um, and then also just like gaining a greater appreciation for photography and art and being able to build off of a foundation of the appreciation that I, appreciation that I already had and um, learning about new photographers and learning about new artists. Yeah, that's really cool. That's one thing I was always jealous. Like that is seems like the coolest thing about being like an art producer at an agency. You just get to see so much photography. It's yeah. Just coming out. So it's like even me. Like I research a lot, but you guys probably even get more. So it's just like <laughs> that's gotta be the fun part about it. Is. It is. It's really fun. Yeah. And then I know um, you're involved with. I think it's called Adhesive Info. Yeah. Uh, could you ex- explain what that is and sure. like how you kind of came to work on that? Yeah. So Adhesive um, is a bi-coastal, basically networking organization, nonprofit networking organization for creatives, the creative industry. Um, it started on the West Coast. There's an LA chapter, a San Fran chapter, New York chapter, and a Boston chapter. Okay. Um, I co-lead the Boston chapter with Jenna Thiessen, who uh, is a rep slash agent here in Boston. Cool. Um, and basically, we run um, like networking events is essentially what they are, but they're a little more casual than that. Right. Um, it's sort of people from the creative industry, a lot of photographers, a lot of stylists, hair and makeup artists, um, graphic designers, art directors, creative directors. Um, we meet somewhere. Everyone has a few drinks and just talks and mingles and talks about the way things are moving in the industry and yeah. helps each other out, especially because a lot of people in the creative industry are working essentially freelance it's not like you're showing up to the an office every day where you're seeing the same people so it's bringing you back to your community and back to you know figuratively your company (laughs) you know what i mean being able to talk about what's going on with everyone you're working with yeah yeah Yeah, that's kind of why i started this i was like i gotta get out there and start talking to some people i was like because working by yourself you're like I haven't been talking to anybody this week (laughs) so that's really cool how did you kind of get involved with that yeah so uh Kirsten, my friend who used to be an art producer oh, at Arnold. Messy. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. She's the best. She lives in Boulder now. She yeah. works for Crispin. Um, and she had been uh, leading it with Jenna and also Lauren Conley, who was an art producer at Staples for a while, who she moved out west. Okay. Um, and then when Kirsten moved, she obviously... Couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. And Jenna was like, do you want to do it with us? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's basically uh, where we are now. That's really cool. How often are, do you guys put on the events? Um, totally. In an ideal world, it would be every month. But Jenna and I are both super busy. So yeah. um, it's been a, a little less frequent. Um, we try really hard to make them partnerships with a styling agency or whoever it is to co-sponsor things. I mean, not only does that help in terms of being able to potentially provide drinks and stuff and, you know, not require people to pay for their own drinks because nobody likes to do that. But then it also just draws a larger crowd to the event. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. It seems, I I think I've been to one, I haven't been to one in a while, but I went to, it was a cool experience. Yeah. I I went with my buddy, Jesse Burke. 
And they, oh yeah, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. And we got to talk to a bunch of different photographers and people I'd never met. And it was just yeah. kind of cool. I was like, oh, I've seen you on Instagram, but I never met you in person. It's like that's the story of my life. <laughs> yeah. Is I've seen you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's how I met you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is funny. Um, so is it like a? Do you have to have like a membership to that? No, it's, it's so casual. Okay. Um, we post about it on Facebook. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out, uh, and obviously Jenna and I both po- both post about it on our social channels as well. Um, and you can show up whatever month you want or not show up whatever month you want and That's yeah cool. casual yeah. i'll definitely i'll link it on the podcast people can go nice. check it out thank you yeah and then um i noticed one thing uh you do like some freelance writing like or, or i've you, been trying <laughs> what, how long have you been doing that and like what kind of what do you enjoy about it totally so i mean right now i my contract is 40 hours per week yep. so i haven't been able to get in as much time to freelance write as i'd like mm-hmm. um but in the past as a writer i've written a lot for arts and entertainment type of stuff i yeah. mean which obviously plays to what my interests already are so um as i get more time i should hopefully be getting back on the writing scene a little more that's cool <laughs> uh, do you have like any kind of goals for your writing or some stuff or this what do you kind of like enjoy? My writing? goal is probably pretty basic. It's yeah. to continue to write about stuff that I'm interested in and maybe get paid for it here there and you there. Go. There <laughs> you go. I saw I saw your website. I'll link it too. There's yeah. you know, a bunch of links to stuff you've done. So yeah. it was really cool. Um, well, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to of come course. on here. And then um, if people want to check out your work, um, I know you have a website. What is yeah, it? Yeah, it is me. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have them go check that out. Sweet. And uh, thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. That was the Ingrid Adamo interview. I want to thank Ingrid so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with her about all her experience working in the advertising business and all that she does with producing photo shoots. I know I learned a lot getting to speak with her, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And going forward, just want to let you know I'll be having weekly podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and my Instagram, at Alex Garnier Photo. Thanks so much for listening and take care.